Welcome to the Battle, part of the Super Awesome Mix Podcast Network. I'm Matt Sidholm, and this season, Jen Tully and I will try to determine the winner of the Battle of 80s Movies Soundtrack Songs. We've got 16 songs competing. Every episode, we will have one battle, and in episode 15, we will crown a champion. We're going to use three categories to determine our winner every week. First, songwriting. How does it sound? What do we think of the lyrics? Category two, critical reception. How the song chart? Did it win any awards? Did it get nominated? Finally, and maybe most importantly, cultural significance. Do people know the song? Do people know the movie? How much does it really resonate? This week, this is our last first round matchup and the second matchup in our montage division. It is number two seed nine to five by, of course, Dolly Parton from the movie nine to five, taking on You're the Best by Joe Esposito from The Karate Kid. Jen, let's talk songwriting. Which one stands out to you? Yeah, you know, these are two good songs, really different songs. Also, I think this might be the most like disparity we have in terms of like kinds of songs that we're battling. So I do love that. I think from a songwriting standpoint, I you know, I have to call out nine to five in this round. I love this song. I love the lyrics. I always have. I think and it, the song starts strong and it just stays there, right? With the whole tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition, maybe one of my favorite lines ever, and yawn and stretch and try and come to life. I mean, you're hooked from the beginning, right? Who can't relate to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dolly Parton's such an amazing songwriter, and she really brings that to this song where, you know, funny thing about You're the Best, I covered this in the second episode ever of the Super Awesome Mix podcast where we talked about, you know, highlighting lyrics that don't mean what you think they mean. And this song was actually (laughs) written originally for Rocky Three. And if you listen to the lyrics, it talks about history repeating itself and this, that, and the other, even though it's played during the first Karate Kid and the first time you see the All-Valley Karate Tournament. So there's really no history, right? But it was was written specifically for Rocky Three. Funny thing, Stallone's like, no thanks, calls his friends at Survivor, right? And then they go to Flashdance, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, do you, right. do you guys want this song? <laughs> this one would have been even weirder with Flashdance. Right. I know. And then they, they the Flashdance yeah, That's right. Maniac, yes. Right? Yes. Of this one. And yeah. so then it ends up yeah. on Karate Kid. Now, I love this song, and, and it's great, and it's such a great montage. But from a songwriting perspective, so that's the category here, because it's so specific and clearly written for another movie i think it kind of falls out whereas with nine to five i remember just watching a dolly parton documentary a couple weeks ago and when she was asked to be in the movie she's like well i'll write the soundtrack (laughs) yeah yeah because she's always been a boss like again like that's the other thing i love about nine to five and dolly parton in general like i say this uh, you know, in reference when we're talking about Madonna, like it, there wouldn't be a Taylor Swift without a Dolly Parton, right? Like she was breaking barriers way back in the day and kind of taking charge of, um, you know, of her life and her career. And I think this song is such a great culmination of that. And 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 it really told a story that needed telling in 1980, you know, I, you know, and I think too, given that there's still wage disparity and, you know, the Me Too movement, it seems like it's still a story that needs telling like 43 years later. So I agree. I think from a songwriting perspective, nine to five is just kind of timeless. Um, and I think also too, while we're on songwriting, even though this isn't a specific lyric, um, I do 
do love, you know, the song is about office workers in the 80s, specifically women. Um, and I love the typewriter sound that you get from it from the very beginning, you know? And so you immediately know like, oh, it, I, th- I think it just does from a songwriting standpoint, it just sets sets everything up. So I'm perfectly. so glad you mentioned the typewriter sound because that was actually done by Dolly Parton with her fingernails. Yes. Fingernails. I yes. Heard that. So, yeah. so yeah, that was an effect she created herself there. But you're right. I mean, e- and even regardless of like, even if you're not a woman and you hear this song and you're just yeah. working in an office, it's like, no, this, this is relatable. So yeah, songwriting totally. perspective, this yeah. one uh, definitely goes to Dolly and nine to five. So let's go to critical reception. Um, again, big disparity here. Nine to five was nominated for an Oscar and four Grammy awards. It won two Grammy awards, I think for best, uh, best country song and then maybe best female performance. Uh, it hit yeah. number one on the billboard hot 100, the billboard country chart and the billboard adult contemporary chart. And it was Dolly's only solo song to hit number one on the hot 100. You're the best. Uh, yeah. did not win a, did, did not win any awards. <laughs> Or chart. It did not. Yeah, it did not. Or do it, anything. It, or do anything. So <laughs> big disparity here. You were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say too. Um, I, I think that um, the uh, just another like shout out for nine to five. It also ranked number seventy eight on American Film Institute's hundred years a hundred songs, which I also think is a good gauge for this particular battle. Um, so the fact that this song landed on that list also I think is huge. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that you're the best is kind of the opposite of critical <laughs> reception. Like it was. <laughs> We like again. We talked about this, but it got turned down twice. Yeah, I that mean, really hurts you know, it. Like, that really hurts it. That again, hurts. we Th- really. And only... let's just say we love this song, right? And, and let's we love. Right. I love this song. Yeah. Let's just transition yes. right into cultural yes. significance because right now it's it's two nothing nine to five, right? So can the Karate yeah. Kid, just like Daniel Larusso, can this song like rally here late and win this battle on cultural significance? I wish that it could, Matt, because I do love it. You know that I love this song. We had early conversations about this song. It's such a good one. And I also feel like, you know, you're the best is one of those, like, if you know, you know songs, right? Like, if you know it and you've heard it and you love it, it's always a bonding moment, right? Like, you're like, oh, this is another cool person that knows and loves this song. But I think that, you know, nine to five is still an anthem for office workers. Like even post COVID, you know, it's sort of like predicted nihilistic capitalism. (laughs) Like, you know, I think like, (laughs) I feel like you've got to give it mad points for just being so relevant still all this time later, you know? And and I think with the stage revival and there was a TV show in the eighties or nineties, like it's had a few lives that I think just make nine to five ubiquitous where I feel like you're the best is kind of a hidden gem. Like most people saw the first Karate Kid, I think. Um, And this one has some cultural relevance and staying power too, in terms of like, you know, bullying and that's a bad thing. Um, And it kind of taught like meditation and breath Mm -hmm. work and mindfulness, you know, before those were everyday words in the lexicon of modern life. Um, You have the revival of Cobra Kai, um, which is, you know, done really well in terms of a TV show. Um, So I think that there is some relevance here. This isn't like a runaway category like the other two kind of have been. But I really think that that nine to five um, is is just the stronger song here. And I I think that um, it's one that 
still holds up. I, I think that you can hear the two songs back to back and you can tell that they're both sort of dated, but I think that nine to five sounds like a song that people might still listen to. Whereas you're the best is just kind of at this point, again, I love it, but there's a little bit of silliness in there. Um, and, and I think when I hear the song too, I love the feeling of like remembering the movie, right? Like I love going back to that montage. And in terms of montage, since this is the montage division, though they're both really strong, right? Like the way that nine to five is used when the movie opens and everybody's trying to get to work on time. Again, it kind of specifically focuses on women, but you know, they they pan down a lot. I don't know why this is standing out to me, but I think in terms of cultural relevance, in the montage, it's different people trying to get to their jobs and they pan down several times to the street where people are walking. And I think just the difference in seeing like all these women walking around in heels and trying to drop their kids off and not spill their coffee and catch a bus. And then like a bunch of dudes, you know, like obviously, well, not so obviously anymore, actually, but back in 1980 wearing, you know, the dudes are just wearing their dress shoes and flats and like just seeing the disparity there. I thought it was really kind of genius how they used it from a montage perspective, whereas great montage, Rocky worthy montage for sure with you're the best um, and karate kid, but a pretty standard montage scene, right? Like I think that, that it's a little bit more unique from a cultural standpoint, the way they use nine to five. I agree with that. Um, definitely more of a unique montage, both great montages. I think the, the thing that makes it hard for me is that I think more people know the karate kid and obviously Cobra Kai has given that new life. Although it's not like they yeah. run this song a lot through Cobra Kai. So it's not like this is sort of a running theme throughout that. But more people know that. I wonder how many people have seen and know the movie or remember the movie 9 to 5. I think people can hear the song and objectively say, well, I really like this song. Like, what is this song, right? If they've never heard it before versus they probably wouldn't have the same reaction to You're the Best, just hearing it in isolation. But when you add in the cultural piece, you know, like you said, like the if you know, you know, like that, I feel like that lends a little bit more like that for me gives the edge to Karate Kid just as it's connected. Or I'm sorry, you're the best as it's connected to the Karate Kid versus nine to five, where, again, much better song. But do people know? I don't know. Do you know? Do, do people know this movie? You know what's interesting? I hadn't thought about this before, but I think, again, I it's funny to me to even hear you say that because I don't know any woman that hasn't seen 9 to 5, but maybe it's like a male-female thing, right? Like, because it was, um, and it, in addition to being about, you know, the strife of working in an office or, or, or for the man, um, I think that it also, too, is a great movie about female friendship. And I think, too, the way Cobra Kai sort of revived Karate Kid and people might have gone back and revisited the series. I think um, Grace and Frankie might have revived everybody's love of Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and forced some people back to revisit. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and, you know, with with Dolly Parton's like enduring popularity, I think I think people have gone back to nine to five. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I'll just say for myself, I remember seeing nine to five, like in the eighties, whenever, you know, it was on HBO or whatever, I think 1980, yep. I don't think I was old enough to go see it in the theater, but, um, but I, I've seen that movie a number of times. Like, I think it's a great movie. So let me just say it's not so much. Yeah. I just think for a younger generation, because of the Cobra Kai connection, they've probably gone back and seen karate yeah. kid. Whereas like Grace and Frankie is, you know, 
that that's not a show younger people are seeing. So I just wonder if, you know, not that this is totally about a yeah. younger audience, but when I think about cultural significance, right. Um, that's right. where I think in this category, I will give a slight edge to you're the best, but overall, I, I think the winner of this battle is nine to five. I'm with you. I actually gave this round a tie, um, but I picked nine to five as the overall winner myself. So I really, I thought from a cultural standpoint, it was really hard for one to edge out the other. Um, so yeah, I did for this particular section, give them a tie, but I'm with you. Nine to five is our winner in this. So I love that. I love a win for a country song. I love a win for Dolly. Um, but I am sad to see you're the best go. It is such a good song. If you're not familiar Really, you got to go out and check out that song. It is silliness lyrically, but such a good song. Such a good song. <laughs> In terms of like pumping yes. you up. That'll get you like fired up. That'll you get set. you fired up for like, for yeah, sure. for, for your own battle. But we've got more battles we need to get to. We're moving on to the quarterfinals next week. We start with the Anthem Division Finals. Okay, this is going to be I've Had the Time of My Life taking on Don't You Forget About Me. Okay, so jump back in. We're going to talk about those two songs again, but this time head to head. So join me and Jen next week for our first quarterfinal.